This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following is paid commercial programming. The content and opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect those of WSSP, Intercom Milwaukee, its staff, or sponsors. From Lake Michigan to the Mississippi and every river, lake, and field in between. Let's talk everything outdoors. All aboard! Ha, ha, ha! You're on the crazy train! All aboard! <laughs> Welcome to the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. Fasten your seatbelts for a wild ride through Wisconsin's outdoors. Only on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. We are so happy that you're with us this morning. It is a beautiful morning here in southeastern Wisconsin, and I hope it's a great uh, morning wherever you are listening to us on, like Nick said, on those different apps that you can go to. Anyway, uh, yeah, the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors comes to you every Saturday morning from 6 to 8 a.m. We are live, we are unrehearsed, and we will take your phone calls at 414-799-1250. That's 799-1250. Or you can also email us on the Smokies Musky Bait and Tackle Shop email express at ceoguys at yahoo.com. He's Dan Bush. I'm Tom Neubauer. Nick, Mr. Nick Bodie's on the boards, and we welcome you to the show today. Danny, good morning. Nick, good morning. Good morning, oh, Tom. Quite the intro. Email Express. The email, the Smokey's Musky Bait and Tackle Shop Email Express. <laughs> I just made that up as we were sitting here. <laughs> All right. Got the Email Express. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah that's about it. Okay. So... Anyway, Danny, I'll tell you, the last two weeks, uh, you know, I got to wait like a whole week before I can talk about fishing because I usually go on Sundays, you know, with one of my sons. And uh, so, and last week, that was such an interesting show with Dan Johnson from Dan Johnson Taxidermy. It really yep. was interesting. There was a lot of good information Dan had. Great stories. And, and folks, if any of you missed it, uh, you can go on uh, 1057fmthefan.com and just go to uh, radio shows, click on Cutting Edge Outdoors, and it'll pop up the first hour, second hour. I would I would definitely give that a listen. That was a good show, a lot of interesting stuff. It really was. Yeah, but after they post today's show, that one will go away, No, no, right? it's still on. Oh, it's on for a long time. They Mark. got them archived now? Yeah. Oh, yeah. All our oh, podcasts yeah. are up on the Fan On Demand app up yeah. there. Um, you can go to just 1057fmthefan.com, go to On Demand. Yeah. It's under your show. Otherwise, Apple Podcasts, yeah. uh, Stitcher, pretty much anywhere you find podcasts. And, and, and how, uh, gee, you can go back about, oh, geez, a couple years? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I would guess since years. they've been podcasting it, yeah. Yeah, you can go back quite a while. <laughs> there is a years? cutoff point. Yeah, oh yeah, but there is a cutoff point because I was looking for something with, with John in it 
from like uh, five years ago or something, and and they didn't have that that far back. But a couple years, yeah, you can go back all those old shows, yeah, yeah. So that's why I'm telling people check out last week's show if you didn't hear it. It was it was it was very very informative, very good. Yeah. Wow. So anyway, and uh, so anyway, so I don't get to talk about fishing. Let's say so you know for almost a week later. And last week I didn't get to talk about it because we were talking to Dan. Okay. Okay. So, but I'm telling you, the last two weeks of bass fishing, Danny, <laughs> this is this is fantastic. I'm telling you, I'm loving it because is of the it, fact. Uh, is it wonderful, Tom? Yes, it's very wonderful. One of your I, favorite words. I have not caught an undersized bass, you know, under 14 inches, in two weeks. Have not caught one under 14. I mean, it, it. everything and, has been legal size. You and, know, of course, like, you're wow. not going to give any useful information to well, our listeners like where you're fishing. Well, I'll, I'll tell you why, uh, Dan. Uh, I'm going to well, tell you why, Dan. in Wisconsin somewhere. No, I'm going to tell you, you why. you tell how you caught them, or is that a big secret, No, no, I can too? tell you that. But uh, he, here's the reason. Here, here's one of the reasons. Yeah. You, you now, agree, if you I want people fishing on your spot, no, that's no, the reason. If, if I tell people it's pretty simple. on the radio... Okay. We're on the radio now. Then those people will will like that. They'll like but that. But the people that I know who fish those lakes, they'll be mad at me. So I have I got a conundrum. I got some people who like me got a and some people will not like me got a if I do it. Do you remember You're when caught in the middle? That's right. Do you remember Well, some people used to say that God dang Gillespie has a show and I was now just gonna bring that lake. up. Okay, go ahead. Remember how John used to always say what lake he was Tell on. Tell you what, how, what, where we're at and how we're doing it. And the thing is, is that people would really get upset because they would go to that lake, okay, uh, the following week or the next day even, and there would be, you couldn't even get a parking spot. There'd be loads of people on the lake. And so people were getting upset. John stopped doing that, if you notice. Well, I noticed that it, even when he was still doing it, when he started fishing with Eric Hadia, when oh, Eric Hadia well. did the show with him, there was no talking about where they were. Oh, no. Oh, no. And we now know it was Delavan. <laughs> it was Delavan every time. So every once in a great while, John will say where he is. But generally, and if he's up north, he'll never say where he is. But if he's up on a lodge up in Canada, oh, then of course he does. Oh, see, he's on the Bay but, of Green Bay. Yeah, Bay of Green Bay. It's so huge, yeah. But I remember one time, Danny, uh, my son used to ice fish uh, Eagle Lake, I think it is, off over by Burlington, yeah. off of 175. Yeah. And John Gillespie did a show, ice fishing show there one season, and they caught a whole bunch of bass and pike. Chris went over there to go fishing. You couldn't get a parking spot in the park. You'd have to park on the highway if you wanted to fish it. I mean, literally, it was so packed. He drove down to where people walk in from where the launch is, he looked out on that lake. He said, oh, my Lord, look at all the people out here. And he couldn't even go fish it. I mean, and that's what would happen. So it's like I'm not saying that if I told somebody where I was and how well I did that, it would be loaded with people. But I know there's a number of people that would be upset with well, me if got, I did. We got, you know, you know hundreds of thousands so, of people that listen to us, Tom. So well, it, it that the parking know. lot at the lake could be like Lambeau Field on Sunday, man. There will be people directing know, traffic. Danny, I I. That still amazes me, that they get almost sixty thousand people to go to a practice. Oh, uh, Mr. Nick Bodie, I got a question. Did we just bounce do, right out of a no, subject? No, I'll get I'll get back Super to Bowl. it. How, do our, people, did our ADHD Nick? Do people pay 
to go to that practice at Lambeau Field, is it five or ten dollars or something? I think Packer Family Night. Yeah, it's around ten dollars. Ten dollars. So people are paying ten dollars a piece, sixty thousand people, to watch a practice. I mean, that's unheard of in football. Nobody else does that. Who? Uh, it's unbelievable. So there's new coach. Lafleur, Lafleur. Where, where did he come from again? Well, he was an offensive coordinator somewhere. Was it the Patriots or where was he? No, he comes from the Kyle Shanahan system. So he was with the Atlanta Falcons when they went to the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. They lost to the Patriots, and then he went with Sean McVay to the Rams for one year as their offensive coordinator. Well, I don't yeah. think he was the offensive coordinator when they lost that Super no, Bowl. No, he was the quarterback. The guy who coach. was the offensive coordinator got canned because they what they ran a. They ran a uh, pass play on like a third and something when all they had to do was run and kick a field goal and get permanent lead. And instead, he goes, yeah. drops back and what, chucks an interception or something, incompletion. And New England uh, got the momentum. The Falcons should have won that game. They gave it that to the was, Patriots. That was Brett Favre esque. <laughs> yeah, Danny, I hate to tell you this. He didn't get fired, he got promoted, their play caller from that game. Kyle Shanahan got himself a new job after that. Yeah. Really bumped up to head oh, coach. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But oh, was, he was Rams he run and then the ball then. Well, anyway, getting back to the best. Now, as you know, Danny, I make my own spinner baits that I use. All right. And I make these larger spinner baits. They're half ounces, some with willow leaf blades, some with Colorado blades, some with double blades, single blades, whatever. And this year, I, I made some that had the black skirt with a gold, big gold Colorado blade. And when we were out on the lake Sunday, I decided, I said, oh, you know, I got to give this one a try. I, I got to see how this one is working. Within, I'd say, seven or eight minutes, I caught three bass in a row that were like 17, 18, and 19 inches. Three in a row. And I, I said to my son, I said, well, I guess this one works. <laughs> you know, this spinnerbait. Spinner yeah, this one works. But what really upset me was this last week, uh, you know, I like eating northern pike. Northern pike are delicious. And as long as you get the bones out, of course. And I wanted to take home a northern pike. And this one lake that we always that we fish every now and then, you can always almost always be assured of catching a couple legal northern pike. We didn't catch one. <laughs> Not a one. <laughs> Not a one. I was so upset because I really wanted to bring home a northern pike, you know, and we didn't get a one. Now we could have went to different tactics, you know, maybe uh maybe get some live bait and fish the deeper weed line breaks and whatever. But the lures that we're throwing, like spinner baits and buzz baits, you know, they catch either or, bass or pike. They'll catch either one. But not a pike. But a lot of nice bass. A lot of nice bass. So Area pike. So fishing, actually, on all the area lakes, when it was really hot, it, it seemed like fishing was, catching was really slow, Okay. It was not that great. You know, we went to lakes where we normally do really well and didn't do well at all. And But since the weather has changed a little bit, now all of a sudden we're back back into full gear catching nice bass. Well, I think what we have is we finally have some stable weather. Yeah. Where it's stable. And I think August is going to be a fantastic fishing month. I think it will be too. And even into early September, yep. if this holds, I think we're going to have some great well, fishing for the next at least six weeks. Well, even all it's all of September is usually pretty good. It usually is, yeah. It so, can get a little bit goofy, though. As far as muskies, I've, oh, yeah. <laughs> as far as muskies, <laughs> mid to end of September, even October, you know, everybody thinks this great fall musky mm -hmm. bite, and 
You know, once it kicks in where they start grabbing suckers like crazy, yeah. then it can be good. Right. But there can be kind of a time. I've been in tournaments out there yeah. where you're you're pushing hard to try yeah. and catch a fish. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know that they they say musky fishing is uh, muskies are the fish of ten thousand casts. Now you and I both know that's not true. You know, you it it would be maybe more like the fish of a thousand casts, but. Uh, you know, but you can have a day where you, you could catch, well, you've done it before where you've caught like, like a half a dozen of them in one day and then you go out another day and you don't even see one, you know, I mean, but that's musky fishing, you, you know, you have to be, um, yeah, you, <laughs> you know, some days you're the bug, some days you're the windshield. Exactly. Yeah. And exactly. you got to be kind of like a cornerback where if you get burned on a pass play, you got to forget about Just it and go it. on to the next that's play. So. Right. You have a bad day of musky fishing, you got to forget about it and just start the next day yeah. with full focus and optimism, just yeah. like anything in life. I know, I know people People would say to me when I would musky fish a lot, they'd say, oh, how'd you do? You know, well, I was out there for 10 hours, never saw a fish. And then they'd say, and you're going to do it again tomorrow? I mean, they, why do you do that? Well, because that next one could be the fish of a lifetime. You know, you don't know, you know. Right. And, and, and like you say, you got to have that optimism. You got to forget about what happened. You, you, but you got to remember, too, that maybe some of those techniques and some of those areas weren't good, and maybe you got to try different lures, different techniques, different areas. You know, you got to you got to remember that stuff. You know. Well, the one thing I think that I kind of evolved as a fisherman was I used to let's say for example. Uh, musky fishing. I'd catch, I'd have one bucktail that's really working good mm -hmm. or a couple baits. Mm -hmm. And I would, you know, stick with those through thick and yeah, thin. Now, right. my brother was the complete opposite where he'd be jumping bait to bait to bait. But I think you have to have a happy medium. If what you're trying isn't working, you do have to mix it up. Okay, maybe I'm mm -hmm. going to downsize a little bit here. See, maybe a smaller. Maybe I'll uh, upsize a bit. Or maybe it's a different color and uh, or a different style of lure or whatever. Yeah, I, yeah. Uh, so I remember one time my last 50-inch muskie that I caught was on Lake Vermilion, and it was fishing with Steve Milliot. And it was uh, about, uh, we'd, got up, we'd, we'd fish at night and early in the morning, and uh we we were kind of we were kind of stupid for a couple of days. We we didn't catch the light bulb didn't go on because right about eleven in the morning before we were going to go in and take our afternoon you know nap and get ready for the evening, one of us would would get a hit where you'd have one hit and off, and then we go in and say, huh, let's go in. Then we started thinking, hey, wait a second, maybe we should stay out here. Maybe that's the start of a window. So mm -hmm. that day, same thing. We had one lost it at eleven. And we said, we're going to, let's fish till at least, you know, noon, 1230. So we went to the spot where he'd seen a 50-incher. And he'd see, I said, where's it going to be? He says, well, it's either on this side of the island or it's going to be on the reef on the other side. Now, anyone who's fished with Steve, he's a great guy. But Steve's going to be in the front of the boat. And <laughs> guess what? His lure is going to go through every bit of fishable water before you and yeah. back get to it. Right. So when we got to that reef on the far side, he had, of course, cast to it, put, put some casts through it, just a couple feet of water. And I had put on, just for those last couple casts, because it was too big and my tendonitis and my elbows wore me out too much, I had put on a super cow cowgirl just a giant size one. Mm -hmm. And he had put smaller size bucktails through there. And I launched that bait 
It hit the water. I made about two cranks, and that fish just inhaled it. Mm -hmm. And he said later, he said, the fish wanted that bigger bait. He says, I put baits through there. It just wanted that particular one. something bigger. So you got to be able to mix it up. Exactly. Hey, we got to go to a break, folks. And then when we come back, Danny, I'd like to talk about plastics. Plastics. I'll I'll explain more when we come back. You all call right? them? Is it rubber or plastic? It's plastics. I've never really quite figured it be, out. Yeah, because what you use Bulldog to make looks like rubber to me, well, not plastic. Well, what you use to make it is called plastisol, and then you put in a hardener a or something there. No, it's called plastisol, and you put in hardeners or softeners. And your glitter and your colors and all that. Yeah, it's called Plastisol. You can buy it and make your own. Anyway, we'll get into that when we come back. More on the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. Oh, welcome back. <laughs> I I almost wasn't expecting that. Did you want to pull up a song while we were uh, waiting here? Yeah, I was trying to pull something up for yeah. you, but we had a bit of a YouTube snafu oh, here. Oh, well, that's okay. Well, go ahead and play it if you got it. You got it or not? Oh, nah, just oh I talking. thought you did. Okay, never mind. Hey, folks. <laughs> This is the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors coming to you live from the studios here in beautiful Hales Corners, Wisconsin. 414-799-1250 is the phone number, or you can email us at Smokies, uh, at the Smokies Email Express at ceoguys at yahoo.com. And uh, as soon as Danny gets back, he went off to get a cup of coffee, and uh, I think he should be coming back any second now, but... We're going to get into talking plastics, and I, and I don't want to get into it until Danny gets here, which he is here now because I want his thoughts and opinions on this as well because those are a vital part of the show. Right, Danny? Yeah, of course. Okay. Anyway, now, over the years, way back when, when plastic worms started, you had... You know, the soft plastics, you had straight worms. Wait, are we doing our plastic talk? I do have something for Oh, this. do you? Okay. I just want to say one word to you. Just one word. Yes, sir. Are you listening? Yes, sir, you. Plastics. <laughs> there you go. A little graduate action. Okay, plastics. Okay. That's okay. Anyway, there was, uh, you know, there were straight worms, ribbon tail worms, Craws, you know, crayfish imitations, tubes, lizards. I used to use a lot of lizards years ago, and I don't use them anymore. I don't know why. Lizards are great baits. Well, anyway, but the thing is, is that nowadays, everybody's trying to improve on mainly the trailers for jigs, you know, the different craws, okay, the plastic trailers. Mm -hmm. Everybody's trying to make them in all different shapes, different legs, different this... They're all basically the same, though. I mean, I mean, and do fish really notice a difference from one to the other? I don't know. I mean, it's like they're 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 all they're all like crawfish imitations that you put on the back of a jig. And when it comes to plastic worms, how many people still use ribbon tail worms? Everybody's using the straight, wacky style worm. Everybody's using those, but the ribbon tail worms. Heck, those were very popular for many, many years. It just doesn't seem that they're as popular now. What do you mean by ribbon tail? You know, like a curly tail, like on a twister tail? Only you'd get a six, seven-inch plastic worm, and it's that half of it, or more than half, was a ribbon tail. At the that, end. Yeah, well, that would, you know, twist in the water. And you'd you know? rig it Texas or yeah, Carolina Yeah, style. you'd rig it weedless. Okay. Rig it weedless and, you know, work it through the water and... And it seems like now, and then you got like now, you know, with drop shot worming. If you if you do drop shotting, 
I mean, then they're like just smaller versions of the straight worms or ribbon tail worms. Generally straight worms, but just a smaller version, you know, you know, for drop shotting. So basically, nothing has really changed in the last 40 years in plastic worms. At least, oh, more than 40 years. Nothing has changed except for the fact that they just make them in different shapes. You know, like with the cross. That's all. Right. Nothing has really well, changed. I think well, the big thing now, they're always trying to get the scent impregnated. The scent, scent is, I think it's important. I don't think it's the only thing, you know, but it's important. Color. I was just talking to a guy the other day. He, he thought that color doesn't always matter. And I said, you know what? You're probably right. All, does it always matter? No. But does it matter sometimes? I definitely believe so. Definitely. Well, um, I fished with Dr. Sandy. And uh, he seems to think that color doesn't, you know, I don't buy that, he says. I, they should just put the bait in front of an aggressive fish, this and that. But, uh, you know, I think Joe Earhart said that the action, he, the guy who caught the big muskie on Pewaukee, he did in an article, and I agree with this, is that the most important thing is the action of the bait. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Not just color being most important. The action of the bait is what attracts them. But color, I've just seen it too many times with too many species of fish mm -hmm. where for some reason, yeah, maybe the other colors might work, but one color in particular seems to be working way better. Mm -hmm. Especially if and, you're out trolling and you notice a yeah. pattern and you know you catch the first couple of fish, you got four of the same bait out. And you catch two on the one color. Right. Then you start to think, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start switching some of the others well, to that as well. You know, when you look at the all, you know, there's a lot of different manufacturers of different, whether it be crankbaits or hardbaits or spoons or plastics. And every manufacturer, there's a handful of colors that every one of them makes. And there's a reason for that. They all make that same, one same color. They all have, they all have like, there's like about a half, at least a half a dozen. They all make that same color. Why? Because it works. It's popular. Well, Guys the, are catching fish on it. I would say it. probably the one that works anywhere, Fire Tiger. Fire Tiger seems to, it's seems been working to work for years. No matter or what. Or Black and Silver. Black and Silver. Black and Silver seems to always work. But here's the thing, you know, that and, and sometimes a lot of anglers, I know you and I don't forget this, but a lot of anglers tend to forget that that fish, any kind of fish, is in one of three feeding moods, positive, neutral, and negative. Most of the time, they're in a neutral feeding mood. I'm just throwing out some numbers. Let's say 80% of the time, they're in a neutral feeding mood, which means they can take it or leave it, and you have to entice them to take it, whether it's through the action or the color or the scent. You know, you got to entice them to take that bait. Maybe 15% of the time, they're in a negative feeding mood. Could be post-frontal conditions, lightning storm, thunder, whatever, okay? They're in a negative. They're not going to bite a damn thing. And we've had days like that where they're not going to bite a darn thing, even if you see them and put it right in front of them. But every now and then, there's that few per small percentage of the time they're in a positive feeding mood. It's like when you talked about feeding windows. Hey, they're going to bite whatever you throw out there. They're going to hit it. <laughs> it doesn't matter what color, what style, what action. When they're in a positive feeding mood, they want to eat, and they're going to grab whatever's coming their way, you know? Is that very often? No. It's a very small percentage of the time. Most of the time, we got to fool them into grabbing our baits. And that, that's when it comes into what you say. You got to pick the lure with the right action, the right color, maybe scent, you know, picking the right depth. 
you know, you got to pick all these different things. That's why fishing is, it's almost like hunting, you know? And, and that's why I think fishing never gets old because you never really know for sure. You know, because when you add all these different things together, the feeding moves, the, the style of baits, the, the depth, the color, all, all that stuff, it's, you know, it, it's like it, it's a big puzzle that you got to try to figure out every time you go out. And let's face it, sometimes the fish wins. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just the way it is. Yeah, you do have to but, be somewhat analytical when you're yeah, out there and you're you always do. thinking. Yeah, you should be about, at least. Should be. You know. And you got to remember. And, you know, here's another thing. Every, you know, you got to, you know, actually we have to have some bad days of fishing. And everybody will. Because without those bad days of fishing, we would never appreciate the good days. Can you imagine going to a place, and I know people have told me about this some places in Canada, where, and we, there's a few in Wisconsin like that, where you catch a fish on every other cast or every cast. You know how bored you'd get after a while? There's no challenge involved. We as human beings need a little bit of a challenge, you know, in whether it, be, whether it be a sport or anything. Need a little challenge. I, listen, not for everybody, Tom. No, what you said. <laughs> not for everybody. I know one guy that <laughs> oh. never gets tired of it, <laughs> and he he he's uh, the brother of Dan Johnson, who was oh, on yeah. last week. Ron Johnson, yeah, never gets tired of catching a fish. He's ex- as excited about the next three pound right. bass as he did the time before, and he's caught thousands of them. He just loves I, it. Yeah. I feel the same way. I'm exactly the same way, but let's face it, Ron, me, you, anybody who fishes, we've all had days where it's tough days catching fish, and you're not catching them after every cast. You know what I'm saying? If you caught a fish, I had one guy, honest to God, Danny, while Does I Does he be happy catching a fish every cast? Every cast? Every cast. You'd get bored. I no, he gar- won't. I guarantee you. Let's I'm call telling you. Nope. He'd well, be like on crack cocaine. Give me another line. Well, you know what? Give it, me another one. Hey, you know what? He just keep it, going. It's we're uh, no one way and we are no way endorsing we, drugs. However, we'll, but we'll never know unless it happens. He's a bass addict. Yeah, we'll never know unless it happens. I had a guy I'd one been time with him when he did. Yeah, walleye. We were walleye fishing uh, on the Fox River, and this was in the early '80s when fishing was so hot up there, and not as and not many people. I had a guy there. He was the sales rep for Zodiac boats, those those inflatable tube things or whatever, those inflatable Must boats. Must have went over good because I don't see them anymore. No, me days. neither. No, they use them out in the oceans. Oh, yeah. good place for But them. anyway, uh, we were the walleye fishing was so good. He would, You would get a hit on every cast and probably a fish on every other cast, sometimes three, four, five, six in a row, miss one, catch one, miss one, catch one, catch three, four, five in a row. After about two hours, he said, okay, I'm done. I'm, I'm bored. I've had enough. I said, you're bored? He says, there's no challenge involved. He says, I just throw it out. I could, you could literally hang a twister tail over the side of the boat and catch a walleye. Just hang it over in four feet of water and catch a fish. It was that easy. And, yeah, he, he said, yeah, yeah he, he got I, bored. I mean, it was I, like there was no challenge involved. Didn't have to look for him. Didn't have to search for him. See, I, you know? I don't think I ever get bored, though, or- Tom, I... Well, once you have that experience, I've never had... I I wasn't fishing that day, but I've never had the experience where I'm catching, let's say, a nice bass on every cast. On every cast. I mean, if if I caught a fish on every cast, no matter where I threw the bait, I think after a while I'd get bored. Then maybe you 
you know? Maybe you get tired. Like, let's say you're on a Canadian lake and all you're catching is 30-inch northern, 30-inch northern, yeah. 28, 28. Well, then, yeah, maybe you're tired of catching that yeah, size. Yeah, right, yeah. So you're going to go try and find a place right. where you can get some bigger ones. Something bigger, yeah. Yeah, so you yeah. mix it up. So you know what I mean. All right, hey, listen, we're late for a break. Coming up next, folks, is the gut report, and we're sticking with the fish theme, cooking fish this week, next week, maybe the week after. I got a whole bunch of fish cooking recipes, so stay tuned for more. He's Dan Bush. I'm Tom Neubauer. Nick Bodie's on the boards. We'll be right back with more on 1250 AM and 1057 FM, The Fan. Come here. I'm going to eat you. I'm bigger than you. I'm higher in the food chain. Get in my belly. The Gut Report is brought to you by Discount Liquor. This is what I call traditional fish fry. Super simple, folks. This is easy, and it tastes great. Okay, you start off by mixing milk and egg, you know, milk and egg wash. We always do that. You dip your fish fillet in that, and then you put it in, coat it in cracker meal. Yes, cracker meal. Trust me on this. It works. And then you fry it until golden brown. Don't over fry it, okay? So, and, and that's it. It's so simple. Milk and egg wash, cracker meal, fry. And then a little salt on top after you take it out of the fryer, you know, just a little salt on top. Or if you want to let your guests do it themselves, that's fine also. But it is good. Traditional fish fry. The Gut Report was brought to you by Discount Liquor, where you're going to find the best price, selection, and service at 51st and Oklahoma in Milwaukee and Main Street in Barstow in Waukesha. For weekly specials, go to discountliquorinc.com. So I have I got a conundrum. I got some people who like me well, and some people will not like me got a if I do it. Do you remember You're when caught in the middle? It's right. Oh I get it. You know, this is how I used to feel back in the day when I had John on one side and you on the other side. This I know. often Just came now, through my mind. When they said clowns to the left of me, I was going to Danny, pointing at Danny, then I pointed at Nick. Pretty <laughs> Name the group, Tom. Name the group. Oh. I think it's Steeler's Wheel. Yes, sir. What's it called? Steeler's, Steeler's Wheel. Wheel. Steeler's Wheel. Was this one of these one-hit wonders? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, this was it. Okay. This is a classic song, though. <laughs> yeah, I love this song. Stuck in the middle. It's timeless, man. But timeless. anyway, yeah, we were talking about like different plastics before and, and how they really haven't changed. But it seems like we get away from using things, Danny. You know? Yeah. I mean, I used to use a lot of crankbaits. I started using them again. Years ago, I used a lot of crankbaits. And, I, and for years, I didn't use any. And now I'm starting to use them again. Um, I haven't used them in the last couple of weeks, but... You know, sometimes you just got to go with what works, you know. And and here's another thing I've been thinking about, too. What have you been thinking about? I think Tom? I'm going to start using those lizards again because I used to do extremely well on lizards. Well, I got a bunch I'll give you because yeah. <laughs> I'm not talking a big musky size. See, I've lizards. got the musky size ones. And uh, you know, I think the biggest ones I have are like seven inches, you know. Jim Dembeck uh, can do well with those plastics mm -hmm. on the big Milwaukee. Lizard, yeah. I think he makes his own plastics yeah. and stuff. He, you know, he, he can do well. I never had the. Uh, patience to really work the plastics yeah, yeah. for the muskies. Anyway. Yeah, not for the muskies. I still yeah. think a musky-sized mini might, however, bobbing I, up and down in the waves. I don't I don't know. 
I don't know. That'd be a big hunk of rubber, plastic, whatever. But anyway, oh, and you know, and if people wanted to make their own plastic worms, they could. I mean, you go in these uh, uh, tackle catalogs and you can find the plastisol, the hardener, the softener, and uh, the colors. You can mix this stuff up yourself, you know, and you just got to, I don't know, carve out a mold <laughs> or whatever to pour them into. But it, it's not going to be as good as the ones where they make those expensive molds and they pop out. Speaking of molds, I was ahead of my time, Tom. When I was a kid, a young lad at, uh, oh, let's see, how old would I have been? Uh, 1968, I got my Creepy Crawler set, right? Oh, okay. Remember the Creepy sure. Crawler set? Yeah. Yeah. I can't believe they'd sell stuff like that hot <laughs> that could burn kids. Yeah, I know. Okay, because eh? it, it would be like a little baking, like they'd have like the little molds for yeah. the frog and this and that. And then you'd take the stuff and you'd you'd pour it in there and then you, you'd you'd bake it. You gotta heat it up. Solid. Yeah. So I took a, a hook, fish hook, and yep. right as it was baking, stuck it in the belly of mm -hmm. this horned frog. I made yeah. it orange. And you know, I, I, I had that bait in my tackle box up till couple of years ago and i threw it away but i wish oh, i really? kept it because then i could show kids see see when i was yeah. your age i made this yeah. bait i don't think i ever threw it my brother made a lure out of a pen took a pen mm -hmm. pulled out put a treble on the back <laughs> and uh I, and somehow rigged it oh. i don't think he ever fished with it but i still have yeah. it i think it might work well i'll tell you what if you worked it like a jerk bait yeah. through the yeah. water maybe yeah. back and forth Try and give it some. Uh, I know what will work. Flick your bick. You know, I I like for bass. You know, when it's uh, nice out and depending on the water and all that stuff, I like throwing a pop bar a lot. And uh, anyway, because it's just fun catching fish on top water baits. It's just fun when they hit and all that. Well, anyway, I noticed. See, years ago, Danny, back in I think it was like 1980, I made a lure called a TNT, Tom Newbauer's teaser. And it was actually in some stores. I lost my butt on it, by the way. <laughs> you know, making it. One of my great ideas, right? Yeah, and it was a topwater lure. Came and went. It, yeah, it sprayed water, darted from side to side, and sprayed water. And it was a bass-sized lure. Well, anyway, but I made some just for the heck of it back then. I put a buzz bait, a buzz blade on the front of it. So it was basically like a floating buzz bait, okay? Because the lure would float, and the blade, and when you started reeling, it would... Going along. And how it went. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So anyway, uh, and then I just I I have you know down in my basement, you know I got a wall of pegboard with all different stuff on it, and then I got these uh, uh, dowels hanging from the ceiling, and you know I hang up you know kind of like you got hanging all your musky baits, and I got all these different things hanging, and I noticed up there was one of those TNT buzz baits, and I said why haven't I been throwing that for the heck of it, you know? See if that still works, you know, because I haven't thrown that in, oh, my God, forever, right? Right. And I haven't, and, it, and I, the only reason I thought of it was my son had his tackle box open when we were fishing Sunday, and I looked inside, and there was a TNT laying in there. And why didn't I put that on right away? You know, I should have just put it on. I said, oh, you still have one of those in there. How about that? You know, just laughing about it and not thinking, like, why didn't I just put it on for old time's sake and see if it would catch a fish. You uh you were mentioning different fishing techniques earlier today and you mentioned drop shotting. Yeah. And uh interesting, I've talked to two people who are fishing on Pewaukee drop shotting mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. And I believe they're using live bait while drop shotting mm -hmm. and they're getting 
bunch of walleyes. Mm-hmm. Now, not necessarily, that? not necessarily, you know, Legals, legal, but, but they're getting a ton of them. I talked to two different people that are telling me they're going out drop shotting mm-hmm. and they're slaying some fish. So, uh, and I was talking to a fellow, he fishes uh, Little Muskego, and he drop shots in 18, 20 feet of water, and sometimes even a little bit d- deeper, and he's catching a lot of decent fish, a lot of n- decent bass. And I, could, I get bit off a few times by some pike. But, uh, no, drop shotting is a very good thing. I, I mean, for I fishing like fishing deep water, correct? Yeah, I like it for deep water, but guys will use it in shallow water. I was just watching uh, a, a partial episode of Major League Fishing, which is this big multi-thousand-dollar bass tournament right. type thing. And in Major, and, he, and this one fellow, he's still, he was using a drop shot in probably three feet of water. <laughs> you know? So you can use them any depth. Yeah, any depth you can use them. Yeah, gotcha. So, hey, guess what's up, folks, next? Uh, what did I just say? Guess what's up next? It's folks. the Hornschwaggle. And uh, well, let me put it to you this I've way. I've got a tractor to sell you, yeah. Mr. Douglas. Now, first of all, the prize the prize contest Fair deal. on the Cutting Edge Outdoors are the sole responsibility of the Cutting Edge Outdoors radio show and its sponsors. Any questions or comments should be directed to CEO guys at yahoo.com. Okay, the Hornschwaggle is brought to you by Carl's Country Market. Uh, they're known for their award-winning sausages. Once you have them, you'll never go back to anything else. Uh, they have everything meat and more at Pilgrim Road and Silver Spring in Menominee Falls. Also brought to you by Baitmate Fish Attractants and Coleman Insect Repellents. And you're going to win a really nice prize package uh, with Carl's stuff and uh, Baitmate and Coleman. And Danny will tell you all about that when we come back. But you got to call now at 799-1250. That's 414-799-1250 to be a contestant in the Hornschwaggle. We'll be right back with more. She's just a devil woman with evil on her mind. Beware the devil woman, she's gonna get you. She's just a devil woman with evil on her mind. Beware the devil woman, she's gonna get you from behind. Welcome back to the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. 799-1250 is our number here. So if you got a fishing, hunting report, Saw some turkey on your roof. Whatever you want to talk about, give a call. <laughs> but we have our Hornswoggle segment. Right now we got Matt on the line. How are you doing, Matt? Good. How are you? Good, Good morning, Matt. So I know you've played this before, so here we go. Uh, the Venerable uh, 270 uh, caliber, rifle caliber, was Jack O'Connor's favorite rifle caliber. Hornswoggle or no Hornswoggle? I'll say that's a no horn swaggle. No horn swaggle, yep. Yep, Jack O'Connor was a big proponent of the 270, although he did admit for heavier game the 306 was better. Okay, you're one for one. Um, if you shoot a bullet straight up, exactly straight up, if it were possible to do that, exactly straight up into the air, it will come down at the exact same speed coming down as when it went up. Horn swaggle or no horn swaggle? I would say... That's a horn swoggle. That's a horn swoggle. Sports flash. What are we doing there? <laughs> Sports flash for you there. Okay, so you're two for two. Let's just see if you would have been three for three. Uh, drop shotting is a term that refers to hunters going in the woods looking for deer droppings to know where they're at. 
Um, that's going to be a horn swallow. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Right. That was a funny one. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, can I can I ask Matt a question? No, go ahead, Tom. If if Aaron Rodgers throws a football straight up in the air, will it come down at the same speed? Um, I, I don't know the answer. That's a harder one. So whatever you say will be it right. All, it all depends if they inflated it or deflated. Oh, there you oh, go. Yeah. There you go. Tom very Brady. good. Very good. Very good. All right. So. Um, do you want? Uh, let's see. You could get that one little uh, 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 what? Uh, what first kind aid of kit? kit. First aid kit, if you wanted a tiny little first aid kit, or you could get a combo of a bait mate fish attractant and some uh, repellent. What do you like? I'd probably do the bait mate and uh, uh, and the Coleman. Yeah, the insect. What stuff. kind? Do you want something deet or deetless? I would say the forty percent. 40% DEET. That's kind of what everybody seems to like to go with. I got some of their uh, DEET list stuff, yeah. and I'm going to be trying. They, they make some pretty, they got some different ones. One yeah. is like eucalyptus or something or lemon. I, uh -huh. I might be trying that. You know, I'm old and my skin's sensitive now. I got to take it easy. Uh, how about as far as your flavor bait, mate? What kind of fish? Uh, I like to try something if they have like a walleye one. Walleye, I believe they do have, have a walleye, so we will yeah. get that for you. And, and, uh, and Danny will send you out that $10 gift certificate to Carl's Country Market in Menominee Falls. Yep. Um, You'll yeah, get that. Yeah, I was really, really hoping for that. I, I went there once and I uh, enjoyed it. They had some smoked fish and it was really, really good. Yep. So those yeah. will be two separate shipments. Uh, I'll get the gift certificate out in a couple of days and then it takes a little longer for the folks at Baitmate. But uh, you'll get the prize packages and uh, congratulations on winning and thanks for listening. Super. Yep. Listen every week. All right. All right. Thanks, Take Matt. Care, buddy. Bye now. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Good. I'm glad we got a winner. That that last one was uh, that last one was pretty good. So Tom, <laughs> you and I have talked about the bait mate. Yeah. Uh, and you and I both experienced this together, and as did I and Ron Johnson. And it happened again today when I had a couple kids fishing off the pier. That if you use mini mites. Yeah. If you spray that bait mate on there, the, like the even the garlic game fish yeah. with garlic. Yeah. You'll, you'll, you chuck it out under a little bobber and just normally the, the, the bluegills will rush, try and immediately, you'll normally either get a hit immediately yeah, right, or not right, at all. Right. But normally when it hits the water, it seems like the most aggressive ones want to get to it. Right. But when they're not hitting it so aggressively, just a squirt of that bait mate or so, and it just seems like the next cast you'll get one. Yeah. It seems like that does make a difference. I, for them sucking it in yeah. and holding on to it just that little bit longer. I I use the garlic and salt. I spray it on my spinner baits, on my buzz baits, on my jigs and craws. I mean, plastic worms. I spray it on everything. And you know? even when I'm out, like say for example, trolling for muskies, if I put a bunch of sunscreen all over my face and mm -hmm. my hands smell like coconut or yeah, something, yeah, 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 I'll rinse my hands in the lake. Then I'll take the bait mate, this garlic and salt yeah. or whatever, spray it on my hands and rub it all around my hands, yeah. rinse my hands in the water. It just seems to me I'm trying to take off any of the other odors. Yeah, and exactly. And that's not a bad idea. You know, some people will say, you know, well, does does will fish come rushing from the other side of the bay? I don't know. You know, not really. But it doesn't hurt to put something on the lure that fish like let's say well and we we know they like it because they bite baits with this stuff sprayed on all the time 
So they must like it, you know, like the or smell. Or they don't not like it. Yeah. <laughs> so it doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt. Let's put yeah. And it for just, the small investment yeah. for a bait mate, which is going right. to cost you, what, eight bucks or something? Six. Six. It's, Six. I think it's yeah. a great investment. Yeah. And they got all the different flavors, so I'm kind of excited. I've got yeah. some different ones now that I'm going to try yeah. as well. You know, in fishing, you you gotta you got to put all the odds in your favor, you know, like spraying a little scent on it, uh, making sure your hooks are sharp. Making sure that uh, you, your bait, if you're using a crankbait, that it's tuned properly and running straight. You know, I mean, there's so many little things. Putting uh, the trailer hook on the back of your spinnerbait and buzzbait. You put enough odds in your favor that when, you know, that hopefully you will catch more fish. You know, just, you're kind of like a casino. All Put else the odds fails, throw some favor. dynamite in the water. Yeah. And... yeah. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. Did you ever do that, Tom? Uh, not well, Come actually, on, you know somebody. Sal must no, have no, we blown up some no, ponds when at I was, some point no, in when, his life. When we were when we were kids, we would use M eighties, M eighties, and we would tie a rock to it or a weight, any kind of weight you that know, we if could put to it. There's any children out there listening. Don't, yeah, don't, don't do this. Do this. this don't was, be um, like us. We in no and, way and, endorse. And we'd M80s. look over the dock. I'm talking about, and it. we'd see some little perch or bluegills down what? there by the dock, and we'd light it and drop it down, and <laughs> uh, they'd. They they'd kind of like uh, floating, quivering, whatever. Like I said, I was a kid. Weren't those like a quarter <laughs> stick of dynamite or something? Or that's crazy? what they called them. I think it was more like an eighth. Yeah, because there's was, no way it could be a quarter. No, stick it couldn't of be dynamite. a quarter. Yeah, it was Do more like an eighth. They still sell those M80s. Probably. I wouldn't doubt it. I wouldn't doubt it. There's some some place does. There's some black market. Some place in China makes them. And, M80 <laughs> yeah. selling place. Yeah, the black market M80. You know, <laughs> M80s. I think, like, they make firecrackers, but I don't think you can get M80s. I think the kind of the black powder fireworks, like, that's sort of hard to find now. Yeah, the, yeah. But I, be, I bet you somebody does make them somewhere. Somebody does, I think. And they let off quite a big boom, too. You know, they're – I think that's how – who was that one football player, player who lost a couple of fingers? Jason Pierre-Paul. Yeah, well, I think he might have been using M80s. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was, yeah. Did he lose a couple fingers? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 